And in the holiday spirit, if you guys don't mind, it would mean so much to me if you got some value out of this podcast to like it, subscribe, share it with a friend, maybe two. You know, the growth of this movement is only going to happen through my listeners. I appreciate everyone that does take the time to listen to these. And again, I hope you're getting some value out of them. Happy holidays again. Appreciate your support. Talk to you soon. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Small Business Podcast of Cape Cod. Definitely got a great episode here today with Amy from AB Bakery. A lot of great tidbits for the small business owners out there, entrepreneurs that are looking to start their journey. Definitely want to check this out. Amy has been in business for quite a while. Um, had a couple of different businesses between the actual bakery itself as well as a consulting firm. Just a lot of great tips, a lot of great details. I think you guys are going to get some good value out of it. Let me know what you think and enjoy the podcast as well as enjoy your holidays. All right, everybody, welcome back. Small Business Podcast of Cape Cod. I'm here with Amy at Amy Bakery here in Osterville. Welcome. Yeah, so we're just going to learn a little bit about her business, find out what she likes to do, find out she's been on the Cape here for how long, you said? Uh, our business has been open for five years. Okay, and you've been a resident on the Cape for the whole time? Yes, I was uh, part-time for over 25 years wow. and um, pretty much here most of the time now. Okay, yeah, awesome. So shop. you've been on the Cape for 25 years and then... Once we opened the bakery, I was, I've been here more. Gotcha. The other uh, part of my life is in New York City. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is... So Amy Bakery is not just on Cape Cod, it's also... No, 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 that's just uh, where I reside. Oh, okay. I'm not here, but oh, okay. uh, this is the one and only. Oh, okay, all right, yes, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't yeah. learning. Oh, you didn't miss another location. <laughs> We've been asked to open in other spots, but it's... Uh... Not yet. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, no. <laughs> all right, so we'll start with the basics. Amy uh-huh, Bakery, sure. I'm assuming you're a bakery, right? What exactly yes. do you specialize in? We have pastries, of course. Um, we're well known for croissants. We have cookies, pies, cakes. We do a lot of custom cakes, wedding cakes, um, all occasion cakes. Um, we have uh, some bread. We do sandwiches, soup. We have got a, a. We're expanding our savory line. We have pizzas. Uh, we have a lot of great breakfast sandwiches. Um, we have classes. That's a big part of our business. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we're trying to grow Amy Academy, and um, those classes take place here in the kitchen. Most great. of them, if there are some decorating ones that we do out front, um, we'll set them up out out front. But um, probably not this our, time of year. <laughs> no. Yeah. A little cold right now. No, <laughs> we have um, donuts. We're trying to expand some of our donut products, but we're always looking at new things. We have gelato, um, so we really span great. the sweets category in a lot of so. places and yeah. also savory nice yeah. so what's what's your background you went to culinary school um, yeah or? i went to the institute of culinary education in new york city okay. i was in their pastry program and um baking so scratch side. baking yeah so are you scooping batter from a pre-made thing from a food vendor are you serving when i go to the, some of the um distributor shows there's a lot of big baking companies that make things in the factory are they um, you know frozen muffins and being heated for example um, is it uh, pre is it par baked and then are you baking it off like what what is how are you making things it's like you said from ground zero to the end are you making the crust are you forming it um, if you go into a bakery and you see every single crust looks identical, like it's, you know, stamped. Right, Some people have machines where they'll make the dough and they stamp it so, it, you know, it looks yeah. perfect. But 
You guys don't is do that it, here. No, we we make our dough, we okay. roll it out, we have a sheeter that um, we pass it through, yeah. um, or we hand roll, depending on what we're doing. You, you might have different sizes by weight or something like that. Exactly. But it makes yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. fine. I mean, and personally, myself, and I don't know my listeners, the listeners probably on the cake, that's kind of what you're looking for, right? If you're going to go out and you're going to... We do multiple things. Um, to shop for something, you're going to go out to get something... You want to make sure that it's special. You don't want to get something that you can get online or something that you can get at a box store because that's I would go to the box store if I wanted something like that. Exactly. I'm going to go to a specialty. Exactly. I'm going to go to a specialty place. I want a specialty product. Right. And that's kind of what you have here, which is exactly what. Exactly. You should know. Exactly. Everything has a place. You know, like if somebody wants a birthday cake, when they um, sometimes see our prices, they're like, "I can get a cake, you know, for a lot less." But if you look at the ingredients on that label, you know it. That's why the price is so well, cheap. Well, it came out of the machine. And like, it came okay, out of the machine, exactly. <laughs> you know, if you want a machine, and it tastes, it tastes fine, but um, this is something very different. Sure. You know, it's, it's apples and oranges, I think. Um, we, well, I don't want to say it's not necessarily, oh, sorry, I don't mean to cut no, you off. It's no. a lost art, so to speak. Yes. Maybe. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, back in the days, you know, I remember my grandmother spending all day in the kitchen cooking stuff. Yes. Right? And that's all she would do, yes. and that would be her day. And, you know, as America kind of evolves, I feel it's getting faster and faster, and we want that immediate, mm-hmm. you know, take-home or immediate, what's the word I'm looking for? Gratification. Gratification, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, it's hard to get. It, excuse me. It's easy to get that. It's hard to get the things that take time to work for, and mm-hmm. when we do, we're impatient. That's, so, yeah. so it's it take, a step, take a step back, relax. Mm-hmm. It'll be worth it in the long run, mm-hmm. but you may have to wait an extra five seconds, mm-hmm. you know, God forbid. <laughs> Well, if that goes back to our mission, too. So I wanted to bring that back. And I think there's been a movement slowly. I mean, there's a lot of neighborhood bakeries that have opened up, even since I've opened, even here on Cape. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. And everybody's doing different things. But, you know, we really stick to our mission. I graduated there in 2009. I knew I wanted to open a bakery. I knew I wanted to be in Osterville. I felt like we had a need here. Yeah, um, for sure. For our bakery. And... Um, Let's see, before that I was um, consulting in marketing. I have a background in journalism and speech communication oh, really? at Eastern. Yes, right. I was a teacher there part-time for about 15 years. And uh, that's my other passion, teaching. So the Amy Academy well, is the best of both, you know, baking and teaching. Um, I do a lot of the marketing, probably all the marketing sure. here for the bakery uh, right now and, um, you know, wearing multiple hats, but it's kind of been a nice combination of using my my writing and marketing skills and branding skills to launch the bakery and run it, um, but um, the baking, you know, is my passion as well as writing, but um, when I opened the bakery, my husband told me, you know, you need to hire, you know, a good baker and manager and I was like you don't understand I want to bake and um, I don't get to bake that much no that's <laughs> no time well you run the business uh, yeah, so I, yeah. you know, I've talked to a couple if you of wanna, yeah if you want to open a bakery you are going to be running the business Got most it. of the time so you hire great people which I have great people and yeah everybody here has been yeah. super nice so, yeah you know the lines out the door so it seems like, <laughs> seems like the market is working well we're, we're the food's working right. well so things are doing right you know yeah. everything's going good so that's awesome yeah thank you no it's so, great so do you guys have like a specific mission statement? Do you have like a vision? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is your yeah. thoughts for your business? So when I was in pastry school, um, we would make things every day, obviously. And um, 
each day the chef instructor would start the class by saying, today we're making whatever we were making. Sure. And she would follow that with, but nobody makes this anymore. And then we would make whatever we were making and I would taste it and it was very much uh, like things that were out of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nobody's making this anymore. A lot of things were mass produced. Uh, so my mission was to open a scratch bakery and my professors there, my chef instructors told me pretty much if I wanted to make money. <laughs> you couldn't do that. Yeah, because labor is so expensive. It's just only getting worse in that way with yeah. all of the uh, increases in the cost of doing business. Of but, course. But I really feel very strongly that this is something that's been missing and that people really don't understand or there's a generational gap, at least two generations that don't really understand what, let's say, real buttercream tastes like. Mm-hmm. And I say... Real, you know, American buttercream is great, it's delicious, it has its place, it's great and has to be used in really warm environments, but we do the traditional Swiss meringue buttercream, which is boiling uh, egg whites and sugar with a little salt over um, a double boiler. Okay. We do this, you know, by hand, we do it in, there are large batches, but, um, you know, we're not at a factory, we don't yeah. use any preservatives, you, know, you whip that to meringue, you add butter, um, and... They have uh, vanilla or whatever flavor you're right, using. Yeah, okay. it's a lighter, it's less sweet mm-hmm. than American buttercream, um, and a lot of people like it because it's not sweet. And um, you know, it's it's a lot of butter, yeah. which is great. <laughs> Who doesn't like <laughs> but, butter? Right? Yeah. So our mission really is to do scratch baking in small batches. Okay. Um, it's more labor intensive. It's more costly to do it that way, but we have a better product. And um, we're all committed to that. We all have uh, a passion for baking. And we think that's part of the reason we've been successful here. Because mm-hmm. people really understand quality. Once you taste the difference, Got it. you know, we don't buy our fillings. We literally zest and squeeze every lemon. Wow. And we, you know, we cook that into a curd for our lemon bars. Yeah, so it's interesting because before, before you just gave your little speech there of mm-hmm. what, what you do at the bakery, I was going to ask, because I'm part of that generation that's in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. I don't really know exactly what scratch baking is. I've mm-hmm. done my own cooking. I've done, you know, for the listeners at home, just so they know what exactly is scratch baking, and I think you answered it. It's just doing everything from point zero, you know? Yeah. Or original, whatever the original ingredient was, not mm-hmm. pre-processed, not the second step, third step, fourth step that you can buy you're actually starting from the original ingredient, yes. is that correct? That's okay. a great way to frame it because I've been trying to put together my own blog post about scratch baking because yep. what I've discovered, you know, I go to a lot of uh, trade shows and I talk to a lot of people, I visit a lot of bakeries, I do a lot of research, sure. I do a lot of reading, and it occurred to me that I think people have different definitions of what scratch baking is. Oh, and really? uh, Yeah, well... You know, it's funny, like Sandra Lee had that show, Semi-Homemade, right? Okay. So yep, where yep, she you know, would make stuff, but she would use store-bought ingredients, you right. know, and the concept's great, and time is limited, and all that stuff. But scratch baking um, means things, I think, to different people. Right. This is what I think has happened. Huh. Okay. Um, so, this is it. I mean, this well, is uh, it is interesting. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I, I think that when you go into a shop and you, you look for certain things, um, you can kind of make your own determination and you know talk to the owner, ask how something is made. But for example, is scratch baking, um, you scoop and bake out of a pail of batter 
but you bake yeah, on site? I mean, right. right um, is difference. it you take dry mix and you add um, ingredients right. to deliver sure. that? Right. And, uh, you know, when you go to, you know, get a pie, for example, again, you can buy a much cheaper pie, but is it hand-rolled? We crack every egg. We don't even buy buckets of eggs. We, we get trays of eggs and we crack them. Wow. So it's, That's crazy. it's definitely uh, more time-consuming and our ingredients cost more. So that's reflected in our prices, and we still think that we charge a fair price for what we're selling. Well, and again, I was looking at some of the prices outside. I mean, we're not talking twenty, thirty dollars difference, guys. It's, this is a bakery product. It's a mm. couple bucks. We're not yeah. we're not really <laughs> breaking the bank here. You know, if you want quality, come down, get it, and, and enjoy it when you have it. So, mm. awesome. All right, so let's uh, go a little bit further into the business part mm -hmm. of it because I want to let you know young entrepreneurs that are on the Cape or other people that are thinking about starting businesses. You get the nitty gritty kind of dig in a little mm -hmm. bit so I always like to find out what's your least favorite part of the business and then what's your favorite part about the business I think I know what your favorite part is but what about wherever you want to start well tell me what you think my favorite part is the actual baking part <laughs> I think that's your yeah. favorite part because that's what you get yeah. to do least of but it's yeah. what you said you wanted yeah. to do most well I've always been a creative person so I'm looking at food 24 7 really, really. okay and um, always looking at trends. We're always um, into education here. You know, I take a lot of advanced classes. I try to bring new techniques and things here. So, um, so you're more... still learning yourself. Oh, absolutely. Okay. You never Great. should stop learning anything in your craft or, or ever. That's huge. Um, and I, I kind of serve as the creative director and the visionary here, and I have people executing and driving that vision. Okay. So I think that's my favorite part is trying to you know, figure out what works, what doesn't, what else can we do. If we uh, look at something that we've been serving a long time, even if it's selling well, you know, I'm always looking at how can we do it better or should we change that, um, should we present it differently. We're always kind of trying to tweak things. So it's not just we make this set of things and then yeah. that's it. Well, you're here in your office now. I see a couple of, it looks like samples or test test runs or something like that oh you might be trying gosh. to make. So. I, I'm glad this isn't on TV. <laughs> it's a mess in here. No, but, it's, I mean, but, it's, but that's the idea is that you're trying to create something new, right? And it doesn't come cleanly sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, I mean, look at the guy, I love this example, the guy that invented Post-it. It was yeah. a complete accident. Yeah. Right? I right. forget the exact story, but essentially he stuck this under a piece of paper and didn't come off. Yeah. Well, it came, it, excuse me. It, it came, came off, off, but it also stuck at the same time, which yeah. was confusing to him, and then he ended up making post-its. So that's a great story. Now, I love that right? story. But that's the yeah. same idea. It was an accident. So you might accidentally bump a piece of popcorn into a cookie, and next thing you know, it's the best thing in well, the world. That's happened. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> some of our best products have happened that really? way. Really? So I always tell people are afraid to bake. I'm like, just get in the kitchen and do it. Yeah. And if you have um, a disaster, I've had plenty. And a lot of those disasters have actually turned into different kinds of cookies or different Do you have an products. Example? Do you have an example? Well, top your head, well fire, but. yeah, uh, one of them was, uh, you know, you're always supposed to mise en place your ingredients. So okay. you measure everything out and you have it ready to go. It's for efficiency. It's to make sure you have all your ingredients. And a lot of times I don't have time or I think that I have something. And so I was making some cookies for a gathering. Um, it was for, you know, a home, you know, his family, but sure. I, th I really thought I had um, pecans and I didn't when it came time to add. It was a major ingredient because that was really what held the uh, recipe together. Got it. And I 
went to get them and I was like, I cannot believe that I don't have that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I was like, well, what else can I put in there? So I, I did coconut instead. Oh, okay. And it turned out great and it was like a new cookie. And then I go. made them that way going forward. <laughs> there you go. So you, you can always turn a bad situation into something good. And then if you have um, something that happens in the kitchen and you're under a deadline, you have to improvi improvise and think, you know, fast on your feet. Yeah. And that's what chefs do all the time. So like you just you just figure it out. And yeah. the worst case is you either start over or you stop what you're doing. You run out and get what you need and, you know, just work till you're ready to fall <laughs> over. You know, you have to just make it happen. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I see exactly the same way. We'll make it happen somehow. Yeah, it's happen. exactly. So yeah. You figure it out, which is great. Um, awesome. So the least favorite part? The least favorite part for me is the administrative work. Right. Um, it's very tedious. Um, I came from the high-tech industry, and everything's automated. The food business, I have found, is a little antiquated in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, even, you know, to not be able to pay a bill online, you know, to put a stamp on an envelope, have to mail it, write a paper check, you know. Really? It's, it's, still, it's, it's still that way? We did bills, you know, for that that way for years, but it's uh, there's a lot of companies that don't ha have automation in their okay. back office, so um, it's tough. Um, if you want to run reports, some of them have really good reports, but some of them don't let you go beyond 90 days, so you can't do a yearly report. I mean, I don't understand some of that stuff, so when it comes to running a business, I got a consulting business, so knew how to run a business with all the high-tech tools. It's a little different in the food industry, I found. Sure. And, uh, you know, having to, you know, keep track of the inventory here is just unbelievable. Massive. It's massive. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so, I remember my, my father used to work for Paul Smith Cisco, one of the mm -hmm. food companies. Yeah. I don't know if you use that mm -hmm. at all. Um, and he used to say the same thing, you know, it's just, Inventory is massive, massive warehouses upon warehouses mm -hmm. upon warehouses, and keeping track of it all so that you don't run out and you don't have those situations. Yeah. But it sounds like you kind of found a little bit of a potential win in that negative by okay, maybe we ran out of nuts and now we got to improvise. Mm -hmm. So it almost plays into it a little bit. Obviously, you don't want to be out of a certain item, right? right? But well, it happens because uh, someone either didn't see that we didn't have something and a lot of that comes down to like paper products for example so then we have to run through the height of the summer for example and we ran out of straws exactly so somebody's running to cash and carry you know or someone's yeah. running to stop and shop just to hold this over till we can get to cash <laughs> and carry so uh that's how makes the business fun right uh, it's, it's really fun really fun right? times you get home at the end of the day and when you relax you're like all yeah. right now no, there is no relaxing yeah, i'm, I'm on 24 7 but <laughs> Um, you know, it's it's just the nature of, of the business, I think, and, um, you know, we've just had to figure out as we have gone along, and, you know, I wasn't in the food industry, so I did a lot of research before I opened, yeah. and, you know, I've had to figure out a lot of things, I've talked to a lot of people, um, I think a lot of people who want to go into the food business, I hear there's, you know, a high rate of failure in the food, yeah, in the food industry, and some of that I think just speculating is the lack of preparation mm -hmm. and really understanding how much you need before you go into something because um you're talking more financial or but, more effort or both, kind of all of it both, okay both, all right both but you know 
I had my own business, right? I had low overhead. Yeah. Um, you know, I had that running really well for a very long time. I was in that for decades. And, you know, I really had that mastered. But, you know, the food industry, it, there's just a lot of expenses. Mm -hmm. And I had prepared, I didn't open for five years. Um, I graduated from school and then it was five years before I opened. Okay. So in that five years, you know, I, I saved, I did my research. I had to have backup reserves yeah. financially because you do have to float your business from time to time and you have to kind of see what's happening and what happens if you're slow and you need to cover your payroll and those kinds of things. Sure. You have to have that. You have that answer. You have that answer. Even if you don't have the necessary solution right away, I think yeah. you need to have at least something you can go yeah. to, right? You Even need, if you don't want yeah. to float it yourself or you can't float it yourself, yeah. you need to be able to go and finance it for mm -hmm. somebody. You need to have those avenues to mm -hmm. go. You have to, I've always been the worst case scenario girl. Yeah. That's, that's me. Like yeah. I wrote the book. I, I agree. So <laughs> I plan for the worst disasters and you really need to do that going into this because I used to sit back and look at my bills here and I would say, I cannot believe how expensive it is to run this business. It's I expensive. cannot believe it. And I have people who help me you know, do some data entry on some of the bills that we have and they cannot believe the amount of paperwork and the amount of money that we have to spend to run. It's nuts. It is. It it's really. I mean, my wife just started a candle company, and even I'm looking at it. Like we're buying this, we're buying that. You know, just capital products, like actual physical products, yeah. machines, and you've got the actual products that you're using to make them. And you have your staff products, and you have. I mean, there's so many costs, even unforeseen costs. Like, exactly. Oh, hey, the window broke. You know? Exactly. Like, and then you're like a homeowner too. Your second homeowner. You know, yeah. it's a. You know, it's, I always say it's funny because every business has an actual social security number. Mm -hmm. So it really is a child. You know? Yes, and it's I a baby. Just, yeah, the same thing with a business. If you run a business, it's going to change your life. Just be prepared for it. Yeah. But at the same time, you can never be 100% prepared. You can be as prepared as it, possible. That's right. That's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is important, you know, I mean, because again, you, you said it yourself, you're a very big planner, you plan for the worst case scenario, mm -hmm. and I'm sure there's things that have come up that you weren't prepared for. Mm -hmm. So, and you just make do, you make the best you can do, and you, it's working out well. Yeah, we um, found that this location has really been a game changer for us, yeah. because we're much more visible. And um, before Where are we again? Sorry, I didn't say that in the beginning of the oh. podcast. The actual address yeah. <laughs> might be important. Yeah, might be important uh, for anyone who wants to find us. We're at uh, 1254 Main Street in Osterville. Okay, great. So yeah, so really we... easy to find. Just take a little right off that off 28 mm -hmm. or left, depending on which direction you're coming yeah. from, and you're right there. Yeah. So it's been really great. Very visible from the street. We have plenty of parking. Um, our space is much bigger. It's it's much easier working here. We were in a very, very tiny space before um, the infrastructure of the building um, really was uh, not good and not well kept. So um, we had electrical limits, we had space limits, uh, so cold storage was an issue. Uh, we really put out a lot of stuff and did a phenomenal job with limited resources. We had in the kitchen here, we had one um, you know, double refrigerator. One yep. side has our prep stuff, the other's ingredients, and one upright freezer and a chest freezer. So our production was very inefficient. We'd have to keep remaking things mm -hmm. in order to fit things and juggle our orders. <laughs> it was pretty insane. So now we have a walk-in freezer, we have a walk-in fridge, we've got nice. plenty of storage, we've got plenty of space to work in the kitchen, we have state-of-the-art, everything Great. as far as infrastructure goes. So 
um, we're really happy here. Works out perfect. <laughs> awesome. So, so let's do one last thing here. Sure. We just want to, you're local, you live mm -hmm. on the Cape. We like this, you know, Cape is its own little community, mm -hmm. so we want to get to know a little bit about you yeah. and kind of your background. Um, you live here in Osterville mm -hmm. as well. Yes. Um, what about your favorite food that's actually, you know, it doesn't have to be at the business, but what's, mm -hmm. what's your favorite place to go on the Cape for food? Besides maybe bakery, of course. So, I, I would say my two go-to spots is um, Pan Avignon and Hyannis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll go there if I really want a nice meal. I yeah. love the bread, of course. Um, that's my go-to restaurant nice. for a special occasion, a nice night out, um, even a casual lunch. But, you know, for like a breakfast-type place, if I want to go have a really nice breakfast or, you know, even a, a lunch, um, I go like the mills over in um, okay, Washington's Mills. Okay, I haven't been. Everybody says it's a so good place, good. I haven't been. i got to so get good. there. I lived there for 20 freaking mm -hmm. years. And I, yeah, you know, yeah, I you have to go. There. You have to go to the mills. Yeah. Um, favorite beach? Are you a big beach person at all? Are you? I don't. I don't get out much. Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> so. But if you did, if I did, I do like to spend time at the beach. Um, trying to think. I mean, my life for the last five years has really just mm -hmm. revolved around this, and I've always been a workaholic. So yeah. I like. I enjoy work. You can't do yeah, this no, you and not enjoy work. You, you yeah, really have so, to love what you do in order to make this yeah, business work. Yeah, no, so. I work a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I like creative things like painting and drawing and that kind of stuff. Okay. So, um, so what about, so I always am intrigued by this question. Mm -hmm. I'm always intrigued by having a broad knowledge of mm -hmm. your industry or having like a deep, like a narrow focus mm -hmm. on one specific thing. Are there certain niches within bakery that you think it's more important to be broad or is it more important to focus and hone in on one thing? What are your thoughts on something like that? It's a great question. No one's ever asked me that before. Um, I have so many interests, mm -hmm. and it's a blessing and a curse, honestly. Um, so what we do here, if if we just did cupcakes and cakes, yeah. that would completely simplify my life. Right? <laughs> Cookies, you know, just sure. really keep a very narrow scope. So when I opened, I didn't anticipate doing this extended line of stuff that we do. Okay. But I like all these different things, and I do like to cook, and there's a demand for savory. And you have to you know, know your market, evolve. and you have to evolve. And so um, we realized you know, very quickly that we're not going to survive just as a cupcake place, for example. No one's going, we cannot pay the bills just selling cupcakes. Um, we added a bar, which I forgot to mention. Oh, okay. And uh, a lot of people don't realize that now. Really? Um, yeah. Your license and everything? Yeah. Oh, full, wow. We have a full one. Yes. Wow. So um, we're going to be doing a lot of um, events and, um, you know, you can come in any time and have a cocktail. So that probably um, changes your business hours too, right? Yes. Yeah, so so over bit. the summer we were open later and now we're um, we're not open as late. Um, you know, it's a labor uh, sure, thing that right, you yeah. need to cover, yeah. you yeah. know. So um, we're, we are looking at the winter for some programs, you know, brunch and uh, after hours things a couple nights a week and then the summer will always open late of course so um, you know we're always looking at different areas that we can expand our business um, we do a lot of large uh, catering orders um, you know that kind of thing parties so there's so many different facets to this business right and I cannot contain myself to <laughs> only a few things and I wish that I could but maybe it's not in my DNA to do that so the thing is, you just don't want to uh, do too much 
because it's better to do less and do it well than to do many, many things and not do it so well. Got it. So that's where my staff will say, you know, hey, we got to cut back or, you know, when we opened here because we had an expanded menu because we were able to make more and do more, you know, we decided early on we were going to keep it somewhat limited and then we can always add on. Um, we've cut some things out, but every day is the first day here in this new location because we don't have traffic numbers like in the other location from sure. year to year I could compare. The first year it was first day, every day was, you know, we were creating numbers. It's a moving target no matter what. Uh, whether you've been in business, you know, a couple of years or 10 years, you can make something and think it's going to sell like crazy and then it doesn't. You can make something go, it's okay. And it sells like mad, so <laughs> it's always a moving target. And so, um, you know, we try different things. I'm somewhat of a risk taker. Yeah. Um, I think you have like to be it, a little bit of a risk taker. A little taker. bit, yeah. You know, otherwise, a little you're bit. just going to stay stagnant. And yeah, so I'll try something. Around. So if I think something's a good idea, I'll invest in it and then see what happens. And sometimes it takes off and sometimes it doesn't. But you don't know if you don't try. So that's sure. the important thing. You should always try something. So if I'm understanding it, you think that having a deep base is very important because mm -hmm. that's what's going to be your stable, stability, yeah. your structure, but don't be afraid to also venture out and look mm -hmm. at other things to yeah. help grow your business. You, you know, you may need to survive essentially. Yeah. We've learned what our core things are here mm -hmm. and we continue to do those and then, we, you know, we add incrementally and um, I have an amazing team that helps make that happen. They do an incredible amount of production. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. Now I'm assuming you have two people working in here now. I'm assuming it's a bigger bigger core team, or mm -hmm. is it just these two guys here? Or? Uh, yeah, we have a, okay. a larger staff, yeah. and uh, you know you need multiple people. I would, I would assume so. Just two, yeah, two people yeah. 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 It might get a little tiring. But. I'm so fortunate. I have really talented people here, and so you know we're able to do what we do because of them. So um, they're always um, in here working like long hours and uh, putting out a lot of stuff. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Is everybody here originally from the Cape? So, no, interestingly, the majority of my staff is not from Cape really? Cod. Okay. Yeah, we came together um, when we first started the business because I started from scratch. Yeah. And um, since then, I've uh, had two weddings, three babies. Oh, <laughs> and now we've kind of had this little bakery family. That's and awesome. So yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It's exactly like a little family. It's yeah. You work in a good community, essentially. Yeah, we have a really nice work environment here. We kind of pride ourselves on that, too. Um, we all like each other. We respect each other. We have a good time. We all work hard. We play hard. Um, nice, nice group of folks. Also, I mean, again, you, hear, you can hear horror stories of other businesses in, in their kitchens or guys screaming and yelling at people. Yeah. And, There's know. no, you know, it's funny. I, I never <laughs> understood that. And I see a lot of those. I don't watch the reality shows, but... You know, I know of them oh, of course, and the yeah. screaming. I do not understand that. Would never. I think, I think a lot of that's for TV. Yeah, type of probably. But, but I mean, I've been in kitchens myself where you know I'm delivering the food and, and there's people running all over the place yelling at each other. So it does happen. It definitely happens. It doesn't yeah. seem you know. But no. the, those people don't last very long, no. or the chefs don't last very long, or the staff that work there don't want to be there very long. So they leave. But yeah. It's like this low turnover here, which is great. You love the people that are here. They love you. Yeah, I don't think I know for a fact that no voice has ever been raised in this <laughs> kitchen and never will. Yeah, I mean, there's was, no place. Pretty relaxed, so that's awesome. <laughs> oh, cool, that's great. So, last big thing sure. do you have any philanthropic endeavors that you're going after? You look after some group that you specifically cater to or anything of that nature? 
I have different causes that I, I really, you know, believe in, yeah. like, uh, you know, around animals. Um, my dad had uh, two kidney transplants when I was growing up, uh, very difficult having a sick parent. Mm -hmm. um, so the whole area of um, organ transplantation is um, of interest to me, and I want to always support that. Um, recently, um, had a friend who's been, you know, fighting for her niece for a double lung transplant. She had cystic oh, fibrosis. She just passed away. It was oh, very sorry. sad. She was just like 21. Oh, wow. Uh, very awesome. sad, sad thing. But anyway, I want to do more around that. Um, everything's about time. So once I feel like I'm at a place where I can do a narrow focus on those kinds of things, I will. But in the meantime, um, we do a lot of uh, supportive things for community-based events. Mm -hmm. uh, we do a lot of charity things. We donate. Great. classes, products, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, just having classes alone, I think, are a huge benefit mm -hmm. to the community of Cape Cod as it is. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's big. We need we need other businesses to work together, and I say this all the time, you know, mm -hmm. we need you and your bakery to talk to, you know, the hairdresser down the street, so you guys can work together, mm -hmm. and, you know, the market needs to work with you. Like, we all need to just work together to grow the Cape, because mm -hmm. the Cape's not going to go anywhere with one business individually trying to blow up and then another business trying to blow up because you're going to blow up in different directions mm -hmm. like, what i mean by blow up is grow like grow get bigger mm -hmm. um so i think that that's important right we find other businesses to work together so that it all grows as a whole so exactly. that's kind of my vision with this podcast and it seems like you want to grow your business as big as you possibly can because otherwise why would you be in business <laughs> uh, so it all works out so, great. Appreciate your time. Sure. Just a quick recap. Again, Amy Bakery here in Osterville. What's the address again? 1254 Main Street. Great. And um, she works on all sorts of different baking items. She's got a savory and sweet line that she has here in the restaurant. They've got a bar. It's a great restaurant. You guys should definitely come check it out. I mean, I would consider it a restaurant, but it's... Well, how would you kind of classify the rest of the store that is Amy yeah, Bakery? Yeah, so, so we have always been uh, like a casual... Um, quick serve, you know, takeout place, but there's tables here you can come, um, order whatever you'd like and have a seat at the tables and um, just enjoy yourself in a beautiful setting. Great. Awesome. Well, have a great holiday and I will catch you guys on the next podcast. Amy, thanks again for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, everyone, there you have it. Amy Bakery in Osterville. Great place. Check it out. You know what to do. Last bit for me before we head out for the holidays. If you yourself are a business owner, you have a friend, a family member, an acquaintance, somebody that you think would want to be on this podcast, first of all, let them know about the podcast. Let it know about the Facebook page, all that fun jazz. But most importantly, send us an email at the SBP. OCC at gmail.com. Again, the SBPOCC at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on. We'd love to hear your story. We'd love to share that story with the community of Cape Cod. Again, with our mission here to make the Cape as big and awesome as it can possibly be. All right, everyone, have a great holiday. Enjoy it with your friends, your family. Relax, enjoy. I'll see you on the next one.